Behold, a gateway to your own past, if you wish. I thank God I was warring on the gridirons of the Midwest and not on the battlefields of Europe. I can speak confidently and positively that the players of this country would much more, much rather, struggle and fight to win the Heisman Award than quad the guerre. Thank you. History's strange, it's alien, and it won't give us what we would like to have. Welcome to Hour 3 of this Tuesday morning, the 7th of June, 2022. The hour brought to you by Gatto's Tire and Auto Service. Head to BillMick.com. You'll find links to the Dave Bowman Show as Dave does history with us every Tuesday at 8 o'clock. That is Tuesdays when he's up and running and available. He's been under the weather the last week or so. Of course, I was on vacation the week before, so it is good to have Dave Bowman back with us in this hour of the program. You want your thoughts in play? 321-768-1240 and the talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app, making that feature interactive and uh, a great way for you to give us your thoughts. Dave Bowman, good morning. How are things in Silverdale, Washington, my friend? They are going. So I guess we're up and running. I mean, that's uh, that's the important part. I'm going to apologize up front, Bill, for my voice. My voice is still very weak uh, from things. So if I hack a little bit, <clears throat> got a little bit of cough, then... You know what's causing that, okay? But you are feeling better. I'm feeling much better. I just, uh, I just don't sound like it. That's the problem. So. No, you sound fine today. I, yeah, at least so far. Uh, make sure you got plenty of hot coffee. You're going to be okay. We're going to be all right. In my Bill McLeod uh, mug. Exactly. As I've been drinking out of my Dave Bowman mug at the house. So there we go. That, that's that's a fair trade. I'll take that. There you go. Um, do you want to talk about you being under the weather, or do you just want to let it go? Well, I mean, I I got COVID. So you came late to the Rona party. Well, I, I still think I was one of the first ones to have it in December of 2019, but uh-huh. I, I had a conversation with a guy up here and I talked a little bit about this on what the frock this weekend I had a conversation with a guy up here. Who's part of the governor's task force uh, scientist kind of guy. And he was telling me that 80% of the infections, the current infections in Washington state are of people who are vaccinated and in most cases boosted. Uh, I was not boosted, but I was fully vaccinated. And they can't figure out why all these people are coming down with COVID when they're vaccinated. I think I remember you posting a rather rhetorical question. Yeah. <laughs> it's because your vaccine doesn't work, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Well, I'm glad you're the rest of the family okay? Yeah, everybody else is fine. So, it's, so it's Dave took, took one for the team. Well, we actually all got it. I had mm-hmm. it the worst. Cammy, mild case. Ben had a bit of a fever, but. What what Ben got was two weeks off from school, so he was happy. Okay, so yeah, a willing trade on the part of Ben. I like right, it. Right, right. Hey, Dave, go. I love these history segments you bring to us. And one of the things that, that you do is is you bring us folks that we may not know otherwise unless we hear Dave Bowman talk about them. I think we've got one of those stories today. You know, it's interesting, Bill, because I, I learn doing this stuff. You know, when I'm trying to get ready for it, I'm always trying to find something that's off the beaten path because – it, it, it just makes it more interesting. And so I was cruising through history the other day and I came up short when I read about Iowa football in the 1930s, Iowa football in the 1930s was like most of the country depressed. I mean, it was bad. I was going to say depressed in depression. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Iowa was one of the worst teams probably in the history of the big 10 which is interesting because they still called it the Big Ten, even though they only had six teams playing football. But uh, it, it was so bad that they almost disbanded 
the football team. They just, it was that bad. And, and you think about Iowa today and you go, wow. But they were horrible. They won three conference games from 1930 to 1938. Three. That's not a good run. Yeah. No. And they were, they were really teetering on the edge. They went through a bunch of coaches. They went through a bunch of stuff. And there came in 1937, a brand new student athlete, a guy that was highly recruited by Minnesota, which at the time was the huge powerhouse in the big 10. And he chose to go to Iowa and his reasons for going to Iowa were number one, he was from Iowa, but number two, he preferred to go somewhere where it was a challenge. It would have been easy to go to Minnesota and be a star and be beloved and all that kind of stuff. But he didn't want to do that. He wanted to go somewhere where everything was going to be a challenge and everything, I mean, literally you had nowhere to go, but up. And I got to respect that. I kind of like that about a guy. He was a, yeah, because as we would see today, most of the athletes would go to the Alabama. They would go to the Georgia. They would go to, you know, wherever, not Oklahoma or West Virginia right now, Dave, but they would go where then the next step is the NFL and it's coming quickly. It's the NFL. It's stardom. It's money. It's me, 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 me. Well, this guy, he saw things differently. He really did. And he was, he was raised as a man of faith. Uh, he had a very firm belief in his God. Uh, he believed very fervently in his country. And he was excited to go to Iowa. And I wish I could stand here and tell you that it was a storybook uh, you know, thing. He went to Iowa, and Iowa suddenly became this huge powerhouse. They didn't. The, the first year he was there, they won one game. Uh, the second year he was there, they won a couple of games. But the thing was, they started losing games instead of losing them 36 to nothing, 63 to three, whatever. They started losing them seven to six, 12 to 10, you know, exciting high school oh, yeah. football games. Yeah. And so when it came to 1939, Iowa was not predicted to do anything good. They had a brand new coach. And our hero of the story was actually injured. He had a broken leg, broken ankle, but he still kept playing because of his faith. He happened to be a Christian scientist. and He didn't believe that doctors could heal him. So he kept playing on a broken leg, broken ankle. And in 1939, I guess you could say <laughs> a miracle will happen in Iowa. Really? And we'll get to that when we continue in just a moment. Chateau Madeline, one of our sponsors here on the program. And, you know, if you're looking for a place for a senior loved one, whether they have memory care issues or just that senior living situation is necessary, doesn't resort style sound like the way you'd want to go? A place where they have a real beautiful home where life can get better. Well, that is Chateau Madeline. You can see them online at SuntreeSeniorLiving.com. You can call them and schedule a tour at 321-701-8000. This locally owned facility, centrally located in Suntree, is a place where your senior loved one... Excuse me, Dave, I've got the call now. The senior loved one deserves a home like Chateau Madeline. It's going to be a place where the staff is integrated and, and part of the lives of the residents there. You're going to want that involvement. You're going to see it with your loved one at Chateau Madeline. Again, 321-701-8000 and SuntreeSeniorLiving.com. Back to Dave Bowman and Dave Does History. Dave, you set us up for a miracle. What is it? So in 1939, Niall Kennick, who is this halfback, the superstar halfback for Iowa, and everybody around the country recognizes this. They they just see him as fantastic. Even though Iowa still stinks, 
they're being competitive, and, and he's the big reason for this. And in 1939, the Iowa team rips off a 6-1-1 and season, which doesn't sound that impressive to us today, but, you know, in 1939. But they only played eight games then. Right, and so they finish third in the country, ranked third in the country, and they do something that, you know, is a, is a big benchmark in that era. They beat Notre Dame. And his mm-hmm. touchdown to beat Notre Dame 7-6 to six, is still to this day, if you go to the Iowa Stadium, there's a statue of that touchdown. There's a brass relief kind of thing of him scoring that touchdown. It's such a big deal. They beat Notre Dame, who has been their nemesis for years. Sure. Niall Kinnick is the guy's name. He actually wins the Heisman Trophy in 1939. And... He is generally recognized. He's one of the first inductees into the College Hall of Fame. He is so good that in 1972, Iowa will name their stadium after him, Kinnick Stadium. He okay. is considered to be one of the greatest college football players of all time. And yet most of us have never heard of him unless you happen yeah, to be from have, Iowa. You're right. He wins the Heisman and he gives one of the most remarkable Heisman acceptance speeches of all time in which he actually says these words, and you can actually hear the speech. It was recorded, and it's available for you. But one of the things he says is, finally, if you permit me, I'd like to make a comment which in my mind is indicative, perhaps, of the greater significance of football and sports emphasis in general in this country, and that is, I thank God I was warring on the gridirons of the Midwest and not on the battlefields of Europe. I can speak confidently and positively that the players of this country would much, much more rather struggle and fight to win the Heisman Award than the Croix de Guerre, the French military award. He's talking about World War I or II, which by this point had broken out. He is generally hailed as being the greatest football player of all time, even better probably than Red Grange or Otto Graham or any of those guys of that era. And more importantly, Bill, he is seen as a man of destiny. He is a man who believes in patriotism, God, faith, country, above all else. And over the next mm, couple of years, he's going to have opportunities to put all of that to test, all of that to, uh, to, the, to the metal to see if it really, does it really apply or is it just something he's saying because he wants to get his name in the papers? Now, this guy really believes this. And he is going to have to make a choice. Like most college players at the end of their college career, he's going to have to make a choice. And his choice will surprise you. But then again, maybe it won't because he is a man of destiny. and He's got places to go. That's interesting. I look forward to the rest of the story. The idea of uh, service before self, not too common anymore. Sounds like we might have a guy who exemplified that. Dave Bowen, we look forward to that as we continue on Bill McLive. Your access is 321-768-1240. Insider email goes out daily, links you back to the latest that we've done, including our call of the day. All of our podcasts are there as well. And uh, the latest news stories for you at BillMick.com and from the resources of iHeartRadio. Sign up as an insider. Top of the page at BillMick.com. And we're back with Dave Bowman in moments on WMMB.
Hi, this is Justine, bringing you late night talk for those that go to bed early. Listen to my podcast, What's Justine Thinking, every Wednesday and Friday on Anchor and Spotify. Dave Does History, our weekly journey through the Wayback Machine. Dave Bowman is with us on Bill Mick Live. Gatto's Tire and Auto Service making the hour possible. And uh, O'Galley Electric brings you our Storm Watch page all hurricane season long. All the information you need before, during, and after the storm. Operation Storm Watch at BillMick.com. Dave Bowman with us from Silverdale, Washington. His podcast, Dave Does History. No, his podcast is the Dave Bowman Show. Um, but he's with us doing Dave Does History. Dave, um, got links for you on my page at BillMick.com to Dave and the stuff that he does. And his bibliography, by the way. Got a call on a on a talkback uh, app, Dave, that uh, asked for the information you use or the, the, the sources you use to dig up this history. We've covered it before on the show, but uh, the link that I post under uh, Dave Does History there takes us to your bibliography, the, the information that you do use to... Uh, or the, the sources you use to put that all in play. You know, that's and that's really just a starting point. It's it's not a definitive thing. I, I, I've meant to update that, but the last couple of weeks I've been kind of under the weather, so uh, I have one big addition to that I want to make. The, the thing about history is everything is just a starting point. And like Sherlock Holmes, when you start pulling on threads, you're going to be amazed at the places you go. When I mm-hmm. discovered Niles Kennick, Niall Kennick, I had no idea where I was going. I mean, I'm a football guy, Bill. I love college football. I always have. And I've sure. never heard of it. I mean, I knew Kinnick Stadium in Ames, Iowa, but I didn't know the story behind why. I didn't know, you know, those kind of things. And by 1939, when he wins the, when Niall Kinnick wins the Heisman Trophy, gives that fantastic speech. If you know anything about professional sports in the 1930s, the late 1930s, early 1940s, and especially the National Football League, which was relatively new. Remember, at that point, it was less than 20 years old. Mm-hmm. You know that things were a little crazy. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Leatherheads with George Clooney, but if you haven't, it's a pretty good watch, but it's a pretty good view of how football was, professional football was in the 20s and 30s. But one of the things they did was at the end of the two seasons, the college season and the professional season, and they did this into the 1970s, the Super Bowl champions, the NFL champions, would play a team of college all-stars just in a, in a fundraiser kind of game. And that year it was Green Bay, of course, because, you know, they were the Packers. And they, sure. they played the college all-stars led by Niall Kinnick. The Packers won the game. In fact, I think there's only one game in the entire history of this thing that the all-stars won. But the, the, the Packers won at 45 to 28. And the only thing the sports writers really note is that Niall Kinnick scored 28, ta- 28 points, four touchdowns against the Green Bay freaking <laughs> Packers. And everybody's impressed by this. Everybody's like, dang. He gets offers to play pro sports. The NFL needs Niall Kinnick. They need somebody like him. Uh, Red Grange is, you know, past his prime. Jim Thorpe, all those guys. They need a clean-cut, all-American Heisman Trophy winner to really boost the NFL's image pro baseball during his time at Iowa 
Kinnick played baseball and basketball too, and was the leading player on those teams. The Brooklyn Dodgers offer him a thousand dollars a game in 1939 to play for the Brooklyn Dodgers. He turns down all of them. He says, Nope, I don't want to play pro sports. I have bigger and better things to do than pro sports. And he turns them all down. He enrolls at Iowa's law school. He's elected as the student body president, and he starts to become very interested in national politics. In fact, at the 1940 Republican convention, he will introduce Wendell Wilkie, the Republican uh, candidate for president of the United States. He is really seen. He's too young now because he's just barely 22. He's seen as the future of Republican politics, but he's not old enough really to do anything yet. And he wants to get through law school and he wants to, you know, he wants to get all his education done. The university sounds like he's got a plan though. He has a plan. And more importantly, Bill, pretty much the country has a plan for this guy. Certainly the state of Iowa has a plan for this guy. They see him as the political future of this country. He is a man again of deep faith. I mean, he really believes in his God. He believes in his God so much that he wouldn't let a doctor look at his ankle, even though it was broken. He kept playing. He believes in the country. He believes in family and he is dedicated to the proposition that it's God country family. I mean, he's, he's just all about that. The problem is of course, world war two is coming ever and ever closer to the United States of America. And even Niall Kinnick knows that. And we'll tell you that part of the story as we continue. As Gatto's Tire and Auto Service makes this hour of our program possible. Summertime is here. Gatto's has a special for you. It's their summer road trip special, an oil change and a checkup before you take that summer road trip wherever you're headed. A lot of beautiful places to go here in Florida. So get the car ready beforehand. They're also offering $10 off an air conditioning system check. Summer's going to tell the tale on how your AC is working. Tire specials available for you too. $150 up to $150 off a set of Goodyear tires and $50 discounts on in-stock Toyo tires known as a Goodyear dealer, but they are a multi-brand store. Gatto's Tire and Auto Service is a factory authorized Bridgestone, Firestone, Toyo and Cooper tire dealer as well. Tires at all price points and uh, brands that Gatto's has come to trust and find reliable for you. I've come to trust Gatto's for years. Just had my vehicle over there last week and they are amazing folks that do great work and don't try to pressure you into buying something. Just telling you what's right for your vehicle and what works for you. You gotta go to Gatto's. Appreciate them bringing you this hour of the show. Dave Bowman with us as Dave does history. So more than sports for this guy, People are having political expectations of him, Dave. World War II is looming. What's going on? In, in the summer of 1940, Niall Kinnick realizes that the war is coming. And because he believes so fervently in country and faith, he decides that I can't stay in law school at the University of Iowa when we need to be ready to fight. And so he joins the Navy in the summer of 1940. Yay, Navy. Um, and he says this, he actually enlists in the Navy and he says, there is no reason in the world why we shouldn't fight for the preservation of a chance to live freely. No reason why we shouldn't suffer to uphold that which we want to endure. May God give me the courage to do my duty and not falter. Later, he would add to that. Every man whom I've admired in history has willingly and courageously served in his country's armed forces in times of danger. 
it's not only a duty, but an honor to follow their example the best I know how. May God give me the courage and the ability to conduct myself in every situation so that my country, my family, and my friends will be proud of me. And on September, they, these aren't just words for him, are they? No, they're not. On September 19th, 1942, Niall Kennick goes back to Iowa. He visits his, his girl. Uh, he's you know probably resplendent in his uniform. And by this point, by the way, he has received an officer's commission. He's an ensign. And he's now in flight training for the United States Navy uh, Air Forces, well, Air Unit. He makes one last trip to Iowa on September 19th, 1942. The team wins. They beat Washington University, not Washington State, but Washington. Um, they win the game 26 to 7. But the big thing that's noted is that everybody in the stadium is chanting for him because he's up in the press box and they're just chanting, can it, can it, can it. And he actually has to go out and wave to everybody and say, you know, hi and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, it's like a perfect September afternoon, man. I mean, it really is. And off we send our hero to defend our nation. He reports to Navy flight training. And not only is he fighting for the Navy, flying for the Navy, but he's a fighter pilot, Bill. He's the elite of the elite of flyers for the United States Navy. And he I starts just saw his Top training. Gun again this weekend, yeah. so I'm liking what you're saying here. Well, he's Top Gun long before there was a Maverick, is Niall Kennick. We get to the rest of that story and hopefully some time for your calls at 321-768-1240. As we continue with Dave Bowman and Dave Does History on Bill McLive. You miss anything we do all day long? You can always pick it up in the podcast section at BillMick.com and on the Bill McLive iHeartRadio channel. More of what happens with uh, Neil or Niall Kinnick and what could have happened leaves you wondering where we could have gone. Dave tells us that story when we continue on WMMB. Hey, this is Whitey. And this is Hank. And you can listen to our podcast, Two Pine Talk, on all your favorite podcast sources. So come check it out where we talk about two beers and, and everything stuff. <laughs> listen to Two Pine Talk on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dave Bowman joins Bill for our weekly look at the past. We're kind of hoping to learn something new or at least have some fun, you know? It's Dave Does History on Bill McLive. Gatto's Tire and Auto Service making the hour possible. Nice to have you with us on this Tuesday morning. And the very interesting story thus far of uh, Niall Kinnick is Dave's a guy who, Dave, he gets the idea of of service before self, of self-sacrifice, of there being something greater than yourself to be able to, to work for it. And he's showing that in his life here. I don't even think it's an idea. Think. I think it's, I think it's his soul. I really do. He clearly, you know, it's hard to explain to people something that you believe so fervently that it just is you. It's not, it's not an act. It's not something he's learned. It's not something he's decided to do. This is who he is. And in May of 1943, he is now a qualified fighter pilot for the United States Navy. 
He deploys to the USS Lexington, which is a brand new Essex class aircraft carrier. And they're doing their final workups before they go to the Pacific Ocean, where within two months, they're going to be engaged against the Japanese Empire at the Marshall Islands. And the USS Lexington will go on to a great glory and great accomplishment. And you can still see her today. The Lexington, I believe, is in Galveston, uh, Texas. But on June 2nd, 1943, the Lexington is in the Caribbean, and they're off Venezuela, and they're doing training. They're doing workups, and Niles Kinnick takes off for a training flight. It's, it's just a navigational exercise. You know, you're going to go out and fly a big box so that you can, you know, figure out how to get back to the carrier and use the things. And uh, they have a special, uh, by this point, radar is becoming a big thing. They're probably on the alert for U-boats because there are known U-boats in the area, but otherwise it's just a navigational exercise. There's no combat expected here. And about an hour into the flight, Niles Kinnick's F-4F Wildcat fighter develops a very, very bad oil leak. Now, this is not uncommon for the F-4F. Uh, the F-4F is a very sturdy, it's a very good fighter aircraft. It's not not as good as the Japanese Zero as far as maneuverability, but it has a 12 to 1 kill ratio because it's so heavily armored, self-sealing gas tanks, and the American pilots have learned how to use this thing, and they're, they're ready to go with this thing. His, his aircraft develops an oil leak. Well, the Navy, because, you know, it's the Navy, they have a procedure. Here's what you do if this happens. So number one is try to get back to the carrier. Number two is try to land on land. Well, he's too far from the carrier, and he's too far from land. So the Navy's policy is, and this is going to surprise people, you don't bail out of your airplane. Now, that's kind of counterintuitive us today. We think, oh, you just jump out of the airplane and parachute down. The Navy's policy was that if you parachute, you're probably going to die. But if you can land the plane on water, which they've taught people to do, you've mm -hmm. got about a 90% chance of surviving this. So. Land your plane on the water as close to the aircraft carrier as you can get. Well, the plane is <clears throat> crippled. He's, he takes it down. He follows protocol. He follows the procedure to the letter and lands his plane in the water. His wingman flies down by him, says later that he sees Niall get out of the airplane into the water. And eight minutes later, the rescue team reaches the crash site. And Niall Kinnick, is nowhere to be found. And most people to this day think that what happened was he was still probably tethered to the airplane. And when it sank, he went down with it. Eight so minutes. for some reason, he may not have gotten out quick enough. It was something wouldn't detach that, you know, safety belts or whatever was there. Well, they never really got to investigate because his wingman a month and a half later would be killed at the Mary at the Marshall Islands in the Lexington's first real combat tour. So they never really got to talk to him about what happened, what he actually saw or anything like that. So to this day, no one knows, but we do know that Niall Kinnick never came back from that flight. The United States remembered Niall Kinnick, the, the army, when they, when we finally took Japan, when we captured Japan, they renamed the 1940 Olympic Stadium, which never happened, the 1940 Olympics, but they renamed this stadium in Tokyo for him, Kinnick Stadium. There's a high school in Yokosuka, Japan. The Big Ten coin 
that they flip before Big Ten games today has his image on it. He's one of only two numbers to be retired by the University of Iowa. And in 1972, they renamed the stadium for him, Kinnick Stadium. Truly, we have shared to the full life, love and laughter, comforted it in the knowledge that your thought and prayer go with us every minute. And sure that your faith and courage will never fail, never falter, no matter the outcome. I bid you au revoir with the words of his final letter home, written just days before he died. The rabbis teach us, Bill, that no man dies, no person dies, until their mission on earth is complete. And F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote, show me a hero, and I will write you a tragedy. Neil Kinnock's life may have ended tragically in the waters off Venezuela. I don't think you can say his life was a tragedy. Who knows what he may have gone on to become had he lived, but his inspiration and his life as an American fighter pilot who died in the Second World War has been an inspiration to Americans, in particular the Iowans, for the last 80 years and will probably continue to be so in the future. If you've ever seen Kinnick Stadium, Iowa, you know that they do some pretty amazing things at that stadium, all of which are inspired by the memory of Niall Kinnick. And I know that yesterday was D-Day. I know the day before that was the Battle of Midway. But sometimes it's good to remember the people who died, not in those big battles, but simply serving their country because they believed that that was the best thing to do. And we pick it up in 60 seconds with Dave Bowman. As we wrap up, Dave does history on a Tuesday morning on WMMB. Stay with us. Sun Plumbing, one of our sponsors on the program, and you plumbers out there working this morning, A, we appreciate you, but you need to know there's opportunity out there for you, and Sun Plumbing appreciates you too. They're looking for the best in the business, and if you are that, how about a place that recognizes the importance of family and the things that you want for your family, like security and uh, having the ability to be home for those things that are essential for you guys, and then working for a place that doesn't send you out of the county, that provides equipment, uniforms, and a well-stocked truck to do the job you need to do that you don't have to worry about. If you're running your own company, maybe you want to get rid of the administrative side of things. Well, Sun Plumbing's looking for you, too. Talk to my friend Kelly, 321-725-2460, 321-725-2460, or go online at sunplumbing.com. They need plumbers. They want the best. They're serving our friends and neighbors here in Brevard, and you could be part of that team at Sun Plumbing. We appreciate their sponsorship here on Bill McLive. Dave, as we look at, at uh, Mr. Kinnick and his legacy here, um, you mentioned early on that he was thought to be the future of Republican politics, at least in Iowa. You see it a little bit bigger than that, don't you? I think most people saw it a lot differently than that. There were a lot of people who believed that he was presidential material and that he was too young because you got to be 35 to be president, and he was barely 24 when he died. Um right. There were a lot of people who believed that in another 10 years, 12 years, this guy's going to be running for president of the United States. Now, that might be a little far-fetched with the war, but I see a real scenario in 1960. Remember that the 1960 election is Kennedy against Nixon. Nixon is not a very popular candidate. Even the Republicans weren't exactly, what's the word for it, thrilled with him. I mean, in 1960, now things would change in 1968, but, but in 1960, he was eh, 
you know, we got to run somebody. And Niles Kinnick, Niall Kinnick, sorry, I keep calling him Niles, but, but, but Niall Kinnick, I can see a scenario where Niall Kinnick is, because he's every bit the war hero that Kennedy is, he would have been, he's, his faith in God. Now, again, he's a Christian scientist, which would have been interesting because a Christian scientist against a Roman Catholic in 1960 America would have been a very interesting race. I mean, as it was, Kennedy had to give a speech about, you know, I'm not loyal to the Pope. I'm loyal to the Constitution. I don't know if mm-hmm. Niall Kinnick would have had to do that or not. I, I have no idea. But I know the Midwest would have would have carried Niall Kinnick and much of much of the the eastern part of the United States would have been very familiar with him because of college football and 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 the likes of that. So, you know, it's one of those what could have been, but at the same time, I, I you know, I accept the realities of of fate, which is that this is what he was fated to be, and he's not, you know, he's not an ace. He didn't become, you know, a squadron leader. He didn't become a you know great war hero or anything like that. He is remembered because of his dedication to duty, which led him to his death in a training accident, which, you know, again, I mean, maybe that's a little unsatisfactorily unsatisfactory in the F. Scott Fitzgerald way. But I think it says a lot about him that he was willing to do that when he didn't have to. Have you told Ben this story yet? I have not because Ben has no interest in sports at all. I'm, much to okay. my much to my shame, Ben has no interest in sports at all. So, other than failing as a father, what else you been doing, Dave? <laughs> oh my God, it's like you know, my grandson loves baseball, so at least I have that. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe you can leave out some of the sports stuff, but it's so integral to the story. I get it, but I mean, there's a lesson there about things more important than you, and 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 worth sacrifice for. And, and this guy truly lived it and believed it. And there are a lot of those lessons and we have talked about those things. So yeah, it's, it's one of those stories I wish more people knew. And I know people in Iowa and people in the big 10 know it, but outside of that, and because it was so long ago, people have moved on and we've kind of forgotten about some things. And unfortunately that's the way of history. Unless somebody becomes very famous, we tend to forget them. And that's unfortunate because we certainly should not forget Niall Kennick, who set an example for all of us. <laughs> and yet at the same time, and I, you know, for me, Bill, I have long said about my own athletic career. And for those of you who don't know, I did used to be an athlete. I don't look like it now, but I always liked playing for teams that were not really good championship quality teams and building those teams into something else. That was something I really enjoyed. And so I feel a kinship there with him because that's why he picked Iowa. He didn't want to go the easy route. He wanted to work and build something. And I appreciate that very much. And I don't know. You're going to see that mindset in occasional players here and there. Any of any modern players come to mind when you start thinking about this guy? That somebody kind of exemplified that. Yeah. Somebody like Peyton Manning, maybe an Ernie Banks. I, you know, I don't I don't know that you really see people. Even Shoho Otani right now is making noise about wanting to get out of California out of the angels because they're not competitive and he doesn't like that. He wants to be competitive. Well, Niall Kinnick would have said to him, well, build that team to be competitive, but yeah. you know, I don't, it's not an attitude that you see much of anymore. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and, and hopefully we, we see folks picking up this story or stories like it 
getting inspired and doing the right thing. It is uh, always interesting the way you bring history to us, Dave, and I really appreciate it. You got anything cooking around that mind for the next time we're together? We've got under a minute here. I, I really haven't started looking because I've been off for two weeks. I've been buried. So, no, I haven't thought about anything. But if you want to give me some suggestions, Dave at the DaveBowmanShow.com. Dave does history every Tuesday on Bill McLive. Dave, thank you, my friend. Links to his uh, uh, podcast at BillMc.com. The headline, uh, well, the in the well, third or fourth paragraph there, you'll see Dave Bowman and Dave does history. Dave does history is bibliography. Dave Bowman links you to his podcast the uh, DaveBowmanShow.com and great opportunity there for you to catch up with Dave and everything he's doing. Dave, thank you, my friend. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, man. I appreciate it. See you next week. And we'll do that. Gatto's Tire and Auto Service made this hour possible. Tomorrow, it's your day, boys and girls. Wide open Wednesday. Get your thoughts together. Bring them to the table. We start at 6 a.m. Don't be late. I'll see you then.